Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 127. And today I have something very special for you. You might remember that I asked a few people if they would record a contribution for my podcast. Yes, other unschoolers sharing their experiences and their stories. So today, Vanessa is talking about her experiences of school and how those experiences influenced what she wanted for her own children. Vanessa describes how her family went from homeschooling to unschooling. What was the trigger? How did they get to unschooling? And then Vanessa introduces us to her children and we can see that they have very different learning styles. This might be a problem with homeschooling, but of course not with unschooling. I know that you are going to enjoy Vanessa's contribution, so maybe I should stop talking and let Vanessa tell her story. Hey all, Vanessa McAllister here. I'm an unschooling mom of six, living in rural Northern California. We live amongst the almond orchards and the rice fields. And uh, Sue asked me to talk a little bit about my unschooling experience. I thought I would talk about some of my schooling experiences, the experiences I had growing up and going to school, and what made me want to homeschool my own children. I didn't have the words unschooling when I started homeschooling, but I think that's what I, I always wanted to do. I'm just kind of an information junkie by nature. I remember being in elementary school, being really young, and reading the encyclopedia, I loved to get, every year we would get an update to our encyclopedia, World News one, and also there was a, a science update. And those were just the best, especially if they had some sort of plastic uh, multi-layer insert in there, some sort of cool section. I love that. Um, I don't know, it was very socially awkward. And that, that was hard. Um, just really nervous. I remember being in kindergarten and, um, being really afraid of going to the bathroom by myself because the toilets were really loud. Just being at school was really, really uncomfortable for me. I remember being in junior high and wanting to please my parents, wanting to fit in more. And I came up with this giant list of things that I could do to fit in more. So I was going to wake up and do a hundred jumping jacks and brush my hair 100 strokes. And I was going to, I don't know. I had this whole list of things, read a book, eat the special breakfast, all these things that I thought would make me a better friend, you know, but, uh, obviously 
I don't know. I was just out of sync with whatever was, was going on at the time. And I think had I the option to unschool and to not be forced into that situation, that social environment that was so uncomfortable for me, I might not have been quite so awkward. I, I don't know, but, uh, that's part of what appeals to me about homeschooling and unschooling in particular. When my daughters were very young, I couldn't wait to start homeschooling them. I was a young mom and I was excited to look at all the interesting curriculum. It looked, everything looked so bright and shiny and nice. And oh, the kits. They have some beautiful kits and I got drawn into that a little bit. I had a daughter who took speech therapy and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I was you know, a little scared by some of the things that you'd hear at the schools. You have to do this, you know, or you miss this opportunity um, for the kids to learn, to develop correctly. And in my heart of hearts, I didn't believe that. I am always a researcher, like I said, but it was scary to me, and we fell into a routine of using workbooks, and every Sunday I would just gather up all of the kids' workbooks, and at this time I had three kids that were schooling and two kids that were too young to be of kindergarten age or above, and so I would gather these up and I'd make the kids' checklists, and we had a pretty good system going. Um... But then I found out that we were expecting our sixth baby, and I feel like the world just came tumbling down. I think sometimes it's hard to explain, but it was just like the perfect storm of me being worried. I'm I'm a worrier. I'm, I'm definitely a worrier. I it's hard for me not to worry. Um, me being worried and thinking that. I wasn't going to be able to be the type of mother that I wanted to be to my kids. And what if I couldn't do homeschooling anymore? You know, I talked to somebody and she was like, well, you have to give up the homeschooling. And that brought me down even further. It was a really, really tough time for me. And the good thing that came out of out of that was that we put aside a lot of things that were difficult and weren't giving a, a great result, weren't making the kids happy, and we put those things aside, even if they were things that were easy to check off theoretically off of the checklist, um, because at one point that was really important to me. See, you know, we're we're doing work. We're 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 not whatever you think home, homeschoolers are. Um, so that really dark point led me to just kind of interest-led learning, and I began to listen to Sue Elvis, listen to her great words, and I, I can't thank Sue enough for that, and also to read um, books by John Holt and read um, blogs about unschooling, and that's where it really began to come 
together for me and I began to see the type of homeschooling I envisioned when I thought about homeschooling my kids. This morning, I dropped my two oldest daughters off at a local ranch to do some work. I think it would be hard to convey just how much this meant to me. Sarah, my oldest, and Rebecca, my second oldest, have such different personalities. Sarah is very introverted. She likes to read and organize things, but working on a ranch and moving quickly and dealing with unpredictable situations is not comfortable for her. So to see her stretch and volunteer to help clean stalls this morning was very special to me. Her younger sister, Rebecca, works on the ranch every Saturday and is very confident and outgoing. So there, there's just that difference there. This morning I woke up and my husband John asked if I minded bringing the girls to the ranch. I usually wouldn't mind at all, but this morning I had plans for a couple of quiet hours working and thinking while the house was still and quiet. I'm definitely a morning person, so the early morning is the most productive and most precious part of the day for me. Still, I decided to make the best of it. And I was glad in a way to be on hand and make sure Sarah felt comfortable at the ranch. I threw my shoes and a sweater and my new white tennis shoes. And had I known what was in store for me that day, um, I probably wouldn't have worn uh, my tennis shoes, my white tennis shoes. Um, I dropped the girls off at the ranch and I was coming home when I got a, a phone call from Rebecca and she said, Mom... You need to sign this waiver form for Sarah so that she can work here and ride. And you need to come back and sign it. So I came back. I signed it, no problem. And my daughter says, uh, Maple, the cow, the dairy cow, is hung up on the fence. And so I, I came over and... I, it was a very serious situation, and she went to go and get the, the owner of the ranch where she works. And I, I got to be there with her. I, we moved to swing out of the way. I got to see her drive the farm vehicle, just precisely move it back. I got to see her take action that way and actually help... Um, use the vehicle to move the cow to a different position. And while we were doing that, my other daughter was off on her own cleaning stalls, um, which was big for her. You know, it's something that is a little bit uncomfortable being out there on the ranch where, you know, somebody could say, hey, you're doing that wrong. And she was doing it and happily so. Um, and I just, it was such a good feeling. Um, I was proud of, of my daughters being able to learn with a real hands-on experience. And I was also, um, just happy that I was able to be there with them at that moment. And I think that that's a real gift that unschooling has given me to be able to be more present with my children. And I really appreciate that. 
Um, unfortunately, I just have to let you know that the the cow didn't make it, but um, it was a real experience, and it it uh, I was glad that I was able to be there with my daughter if that had to happen. So for Rebecca, unschooling is about doing real things. In addition to working at the ranch, she also volunteers at the local kindergarten once a week and does an amazing job. I only wish I had more real-life work that Rebecca could do because that is what motivates her the most. Rebecca also likes reading and has done some really interesting chemistry experiments this year. She likes to take the younger kids in our family out on a walk to the store or to the park. Um... One really exciting thing that happened this year in our rural community is that we got a Dollar General, so it's just down the street now. Um, Rebecca's also mo the most likely of all my children to be found napping, and I am so glad that I don't have to continuously battle for her to do mindless homework because it very well could be a battle. So our relationship is a lot better than it might be without unschooling, and I feel very confident that any work that really needs to be done and is important, Rebecca will get done. Uh, Sarah, my oldest, is more introverted and list-oriented. I can certainly relate to her there. Every morning, she and Rebecca attend an early morning religious class. We're Mormon, and so the girls have seminary. Because we live in the country, the girls don't attend seminary at a church, but at a friend's house. Sarah's very easy to wake up. She gets ready for seminary and reads her book on the sofa until it's time to go. After seminary, she always wants to practice driving, and so we do that. Then she watches a history program while she eats breakfast. You could, you could really set your time by Sarah's schedule. She has a whole list of tasks for herself, including writing, math, building a scale model of a house with actual blueprints, she loves to draw. Um, her favorite is anime right now. She's drawing some really cute little uh, figures, some little children, and um, some animals that are really cute too. She likes me to read with her and to review her writing to make corrections and tell her how she could improve. She wants to get a job, learn to play an instrument, learn to play a sport, apply to college. Um, she's working on applying to college right now, so that's exciting, nervous for mom. I'm so grateful that even though our switch to unschooling was during her high school years, we were able to make the switch and and be able to experience unschooling with her. It's not so much what I did for her, nearly as much as what I stopped doing to her. Um... She's a very loving and thoughtful member of our family and a big help to me. Sarah, when I wake up in the morning and my kitchen is glistening and my shelves are organized, that's Sarah. All of my children are thoughtful and good people, and although it's not homeschooling or unschooling that makes them that way, it is unschooling that allows me to take the time to appreciate each of them, and I, I love that about unschooling. Next is Sam. He's 12. He loves robots and Legos. He spends a lot of time outside playing with his younger siblings or on his ripstick. And he, he is good with his younger siblings. He 
can be a tease sometimes, but he is very fun and he takes care of that little three-year-old of mine. He gets nervous if he feels he's behind his peers um, school-wise and likes me to go over some math problems every day. Right now, we are reading an abridged version of Robin Hood together. He is learning to swim better and excited about the skills and strength he is gaining with his swim lessons. Rachel, uh, she's my fourth child. She's seven. She's always been unschooled. It's very exciting to me to see her learn how to read because she's doing it all on her own. I get her books. She likes to read books about um, these fairies, the rainbow magic, and she reads them to herself. I wondered a little bit about this and why she liked looking at books so much if she couldn't read. Sometimes I read to her, but she strongly prefers to read alone. If she had been my first, I would definitely have worried about her reading skills and tried to push reading too soon. Rachel spends a lot of time playing with Sam and her younger sister, Mary. She also loves to draw and play Minecraft. Mary. Mary is a fireball. She is the five years old. She's my fifth child. She likes to prove herself and play online games such as Reading Age. She likes to go up on the levels and she likes to tell me about that. And she can be competitive. She loves science experiments. Loves them so much. Our youngest is Emily, who is three years old. She floats around and spends time with her siblings and with me, with mom. She's a chatterbox and a very, very quick learner. I am so grateful to have learned about the unschooling way of learning. I remember when we were not unschoolers, feeling concerned about being a role model to my kids because all they ever saw me doing was managing them, managing homeschool. I didn't have time to explore my interests, really, and unschooling has allowed me to explore some of those, some of my own interests as well, as to spend time with the kids and their interests. And to take time, and like I was saying before, to really be present with them, and I feel that it is so important to the relationship I have and I want to have with my kids. Um, and just really thankful to be an unschooler, I think. Thankful is the word in my, my little presentation that Sue has been so gracious to let me do on her podcast. Um, anyway, thank you. Nice to, nice to be able to introduce myself to all of you. Thank you, Vanessa, for sharing your story with us in my podcast. I know that it's not easy recording, that it probably took you a long time to get your recording sounding just as you wanted it to sound. But I'm sure everybody is very grateful for all the time and effort that you took recording this for us. I'm sure many people can relate to the thoughts and feelings you had as you were moving from homeschooling to unschooling, for example. Maybe there are other introverted people out there. Maybe other parents have children of very different personalities. 
I hope everybody will hop over to my blog and stop by and write a few words for Vanessa. Give her some feedback on her presentation today. And if you would like to record something for my podcast, please stop by and let me know because I would love some more contributions. You have a story. It is worth sharing. Before I finish today, there was just one more thing that I wanted to talk about. And it all starts off with a quote. I was reading this book the other day. It's called Finish. Give yourself The Gift of Done by John Acuff. Now, I actually bought this book for my daughter Imogen for Christmas. She finished the book within a few days. And because I've got a lot of unfinished projects, including an unschooling book, I said to Imogen, perhaps I could read your book. Maybe it will give me a few hints about how to get things done. So she gladly passed it over to me. The book isn't that long. It's not a huge book. I'm just having a look at how many pages. 192 pages. Yeah, quite a slim book. And when Imogen gave it to me, she gave it to me complete with all her sticky notes. She had been making notes as she was reading it, getting a lot out of the book. And I got excited. I thought, yes, I'm going to read this book. I'll get everything finished. But you probably won't be surprised to find out that not only haven't I finished all these unfinished projects, I haven't even finished the finished book. But the other day, I was reading it and something caught my attention. It's in the chapter called Use Data to Celebrate Your Imperfect Progress. The whole concept behind the book is that if you are a perfectionist like I am, that gets in the way of finishing anything. We've got to get over our perfectionist tendencies. Yeah, just get on and do it. It doesn't matter if things aren't perfect. Now, I thought that I knew myself as a perfectionist, but that, but as I said, something in this particular chapter just grabbed my attention. Something about myself that was suddenly brought out into the light. Now I know why I do certain things. So I'm going to read just a little bit of this chapter to you and then talk about it. If you don't check your bank account, you won't see how low it is and won't feel bad. So the solution to feeling good is to ignore your bank account and the scale and your doctor and your crazy crowded with junk garage and the issues in your marriage. As we said earlier, perfectionism is a desperate attempt to live up to impossible standards. Perfectionism will do anything to protect those impossible standards. It can't let you find out how impossible they are, especially with the cold eye of data. So it terrifies you into thinking that you'll be crushed by disappointment if you peer behind the curtain. Yes, check your bank account. I don't know the last time I checked my bank account, and I haven't stood on a set of scales for absolutely years. I don't like going to the doctor, as you heard a couple of podcasts ago, so it's just as well that I'm a very healthy person. But the biggest thing of all is that I never check the stats for my blog, or my podcast, or my YouTube channel. 
And after reading this chapter, I was thinking, why don't I do that? Do I tell myself that stats aren't important? That I would do this even if nobody was listening, if nobody was reading, if nobody was viewing? Because numbers aren't important. I'm not in this to be popular. Or haven't I been checking my stats because I don't want to be disappointed? Perhaps if I look at all the numbers, I will find out that I'm not doing a very good job. And that might be hard to take. Because what if I'm not doing a good job at spreading the unschooling message? What if I get to the stage where I think it is just not worth the effort and the time that I put in? I should go off and do something else. Then I will have to think about what that something else is. Perhaps I don't want to know. I want to make a difference to the world. I want to share my skills, my talents. I want to do valuable work. But if what I'm doing at the moment isn't valuable, if it's not helpful, if it's not making a difference, then I'm going to feel lost, that I haven't got a purpose in life, until of course I find a new purpose, because everybody can make a difference to the world. Everybody has talents and skills to offer. It's just finding the right way to offer them, the right kind of important work that we can do. So yes, I haven't been checking my blog or my podcast or my YouTube channel stats. That is, until a couple of days ago. So what did I find out? What did the data say? What did I have to confront? Was everything absolutely wonderful? Or was it not so very good? Well, it wasn't very good. I will admit that. I guess I sort of suspected it. You know, I haven't been getting a lot of comments on my blog. Just my faithful friends who would never let me down, who are always encouraging me. They wouldn't abandon me, I'm sure. I have had the odd new comment, but nothing consistent. And I haven't had a lot of views on my latest videos. And my podcast. Well, nobody has reviewed my podcast since February. Whenever I say things like, can you share my links? I don't think many people do, because when I look at the shares on my blog, well, they're just not there. So yes, I suspected something was wrong, but being the sort of person I am, I bury my head in the sand, and I just don't want to know. I guess we all want to feel like we are doing a good job. So what happened? This is what I've been thinking about over the last two days, because my blog did used to be very popular, and I used to get a lot of traffic when I started podcasting. I wonder if Facebook has anything to do with it, because as you will know, I deleted my Facebook account a few months ago. I tried to delete my blog page before I deleted my account. I put out some feelers. I said to people, is anybody using this page? Will anybody read my blog if I no longer have a Facebook page for my blog? And quite a few people stopped by and said, Sue, we use your Facebook page to hear about new blog posts. Don't delete your page. Well, I didn't listen, did I? I not only deleted the page, I deleted my whole account. And at the time, I quoted something that Cal Newport said. He said that we don't need social media. All we need to do is produce work of high enough 
quality, and people will tell other people about it. Our work will stand alone. People will hear about it. Except not many people have been hearing about my work recently. So maybe I'm not producing anything worth reading or viewing or listening to. I mean, that's rather frightening. Now, I'm not saying that I don't have any readers and I don't have any listeners and I don't have any viewers, but certainly things could be a lot better. I've been talking about Patreon. I've been asking people to support me by making pledges so that I can continue doing what I'm calling my unschooling work. And I've been thinking about that. Is that a very pretentious way to describe what I'm doing? My unschooling work. Why would anybody want to support what I'm doing over what another blogger is doing or another podcaster is doing? What makes what I'm doing anything special, anything worthy of supporting and encouraging with pledges? Yes, I may have overestimated my worth. Or maybe I do have experiences and knowledge that are worth sharing but I'm not getting the message out there very effectively. People aren't hearing about what I'm doing, maybe. And this brings me back to Facebook again. Despite what Cal Newport said, do I need social media? Should I be paying more attention to it? I returned to Instagram at Easter. I think it was a couple of days before Easter. And yes, I have got a few more followers on Instagram since then and some of those followers have hopped over to my blog and have gone looking for this podcast. Maybe I should be more active on Instagram. Not for my own sake because yes, popularity in itself isn't very valuable. I can see that. To say that I have so many followers, I mean, it doesn't actually make me a better person. But more followers means that more people are hearing about unschooling. So maybe I should be using social media more. Or should I be paying more attention to SEO? Search engine optimization. You know, writing things with the keywords that Google is looking for. Making sure I've got everything set out properly. Writing my posts with headings and subheadings. And making sure all my images are labeled properly so that people can find me. So this is what I've been thinking about. And some days, doing all that just seems very overwhelming. It's like having to play a game. For example, on Instagram, I might gain three followers. But then again, if I don't follow back, I might lose two of them. And trying to think of things to attract people to my accounts, to my blog, to my podcast. How am I going to do that? What do other people do? What tips can I find out about and put into action? Yes, it's like playing a game. But is it something we all just have to do? The persuasion game. What strategies can I use to persuade people to visit my blog, listen to my podcast, share my links, write reviews, and support me on Patreon. Yes, persuading is very tiring. I'm also not a very persuasive person. It's not the sort of person I am. But sometimes we have to go beyond our comfort zone, go out there into the world and do things that we're not comfortable with so that people hear about our work, so that more people hear about unschooling, 
so that more families experience the joy and the love that is associated with this way of life. Maybe I'm just not talking about the things that people need to hear about. Am I really being as helpful as I would like to be? I've been wondering whether I am spreading myself too thin. Not many people have a YouTube channel and a podcast and a blog and a newsletter and social media and are trying to write a book all at the same time. Maybe trying to do too many things at once isn't very effective. So going back to the word data, I probably need more data if I find out the facts. I can decide in what direction to go next. Find out what the problem is and how to solve it. I could take steps to improve what I'm doing or to reduce what I'm doing or to stop what I'm doing and go in a completely new direction. Now, one way of collecting data is to write a survey and to invite readers, listeners and viewers to fill in the survey to give me some feedback on what I'm doing. Now, this is the very first time that I have put together a survey. Yes, I did it yesterday. I tried to think of questions that would give me some information that's useful, that would help me, as I said, get a clearer picture of what I'm doing, where I am failing. So I'm asking questions about where you are in your unschooling journey. How many children do you have and what ages they are? Should I be writing about teenagers or younger children or even babies and toddlers? What other topics are the ones that you would be most interested in? Are you interested in university or radical unschooling or learning to read and write? I mean, there's lots of different areas of unschooling. Perhaps you're interested in adult unschooling or guest posts. Did you like today's guest podcast? Do you want to hear about unschooling from my children's points of view? Because my teenager, Sophie, she has been making some videos for me about unschooling. So far, she has made two. And I think that they are very good videos. But they have had less than 50 views each. Two people want her to make more. She has lots of ideas about things she can talk about as a teenage unschooler. And I have heard that people who are not so far down the track as us do like to look ahead to see how our children turn out, to see what kind of people our teenagers are, what they're interested in, what they're thinking about, where they are hoping to go, what they are doing. So theoretically, I think that Having my children contribute to my blog or to my YouTube channel or to my podcast is helpful. But what do you think? Because it's no good me doing things that I think are helpful if they're not really helpful at all. It's just a big waste of time. The other thing is my unschooling book. And I know that I have been talking about it for a very long time and I'm still working on it. But really, the work involved is great. I spent my whole weekend working on it. And when I got to the end of Sunday, I thought to myself, is it really worth persevering with this? Will anybody really be interested in reading it, in buying a copy? Trying to get together all the stories and all the thoughts and ideas of almost eight years of sharing unschooling is a big job. But I'm hoping 
that when I do finish, the book will be worth reading. But what do you think? So what I guess I'm asking is, are you prepared to fill in my survey? Will you follow the link in the show notes? Will you spend a few minutes filling in the survey? Will you share a little bit about your family and your thoughts about what I'm doing and what you find helpful and what you don't find helpful and maybe some suggestions that would make my blog and my podcast and my YouTube channel better? I hope you will consider doing that. I haven't asked for any names, so all your responses can be completely anonymous. If you would like to reveal who you are and share your blog or your email address or anything else, then I would be really happy to hear from you. And yes, please do that if you would like to be in closer contact with me. So I guess that's all I want to talk about today. I should invite you to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, where you will find the show notes. Also, join me on Instagram if you are there. Hop over to YouTube and watch my daughter Sophie's latest videos. And if you do feel that what I'm doing is valuable and important, and you are in a position where you can support me with a pledge, please go over to Patreon and see what it is all about. I would very much appreciate your encouragement and your support. So one last thank you to Vanessa before I say goodbye. I would like to thank you for listening today. I hope you have a very happy unschooling week. And until next time, I would like to encourage you to trust, respect, and love unconditionally. (laughs) 